And this is your friendly reminder to write into dullcrans at gmail.com to vote for your snack of the year. Will it be aged white cheddar popcorn by Smart Food or Fig and Honey Triscuit brought to you by Nabisco? Nabisco, it's what's for dinner. Welcome back. You are in the crayon box with the dull boys. This is the dull crayons. I'm Gabriel Zuger along with Tony from the Bronx. I'm back. BX Tony in the house. Uh, so we've got we've got a banger to open with Ooh. here. Yeah. I'm pumped. This is a lot of fun. We don't often get to go here, so this is really exciting. In fact, I think this is a dull crayons first. So, you know, hit hit that first comment uh, up right now. This is a, a reading series. We're opening with a reading from the New York Post. This is February 10th, 2018. Uh, I'm not even going to read the title of the article because I I don't want to spoil anything. So it begins with, This past week, New York City parents learned whether their precious tots got into the city's most exclusive private schools. It ends a ruthless process where parents spent 18 months hunting down heads of state, moneyed elite, and even the Dalai Lama for letters of recommendation. Quote, If you look at the private schools in New York and tally up the number of kindergarten spots and tally up the number of kids there are, It is a very small percentage of kids who are going to get in, said one Upper East Side mom with a seven-year-old daughter currently enrolled in a $50,000 a year private school, her fourth choice. Quote, she goes on to say, At Trinity, I had two board members that I knew who I called and they didn't even look at my application. A little, nice, white Jewish girl who lives on the Upper East Side isn't as interesting as the half-American, half-Chinese kid whose father is really rich, or a couple who's half-Indian and half-Filipino who were living in Singapore and moved back to New York, or a transgender kid. I used every connection I had, she admitted, of her Herculean effort to avoid enrolling her child in, gasp, a public school. You look at at members of the board and think, who do I know that's super powerful and has a connection to the school? who will vouch for me. So I'm going to stop right there for some discussion already. Um, so mom is mom is talking down of herself and her child to by comparing them to, obviously, actual other students that she saw get into this yep. school. Maybe even her child's actual friends. I mean, I'm sure the child's We're assuming this yes. seven-year-old... Jewish white girl on the Upper East Side has a half-Filipino, half-Indian friend who got into the school that she didn't get into, and now mom is bitching to the post? Oh, yeah. To the post. To the post. Yeah. Gotta go somewhere. Because although they couldn't get into the school they wanted, they do have enough connections to get to the post and to get a, you know, top quote. Man, my neck is incredibly loose right now because as you're reading that the entire time, I'm just going side to side, shaking my head. Unbelievable. Shaking your goddamn I mean, we're not head. surprised, of course, when we no, hear no, this no. because we know that this is the world that, you know, it happens, especially in New York City with these elite private schools. And, and we're just glad that there are outlets that are out there yes. for people to yes. cry and whine to when they don't get their way, when they've had their white privilege for 400 plus years. And, you know, now the cookies are starting to crumble. It, it's good that the Post is out there giving these people a, a shoulder to cry on. Absolutely. So That's form definitely of, form what's of therapy, needed. therapy, for sure. Thanks, Absolutely. Post. Appreciate so, it. So, going, going on, Amanda Yuri, the president of Manhattan Private School Advisors, which works with approximately 1,200 families annually for preschool through high school admissions, says the average kindergarten class at a top Manhattan private school has about 60 spots with Quote, 25% of those spots automatically going to siblings or legacies. For coveted schools like Dalton, there can be 1,500 applicants for one spot, according to Uri. It's no surprise then that scoring a big-time letter of recommendation has become a competitive sport for Tiger Moms. So again, we're going to stop here. Your thoughts on that? It's harder to get into any elementary school than it is college. Are you kidding me? This is absurd. And then the fact that you have... 1,500 possible applicants for one spot. And you're going to have legacies going up against each other there. Whether the legacies are actually actual formable candidates or not. Should they even belong there or not? It's a whole different story. Well, we've seen that. We've we've seen legacies that get in simply because they're legacies. Because their kid already, uh, a sibling already goes there. 
or whatever's easiest for the family, and Absolutely. they're not a good fit. Absolutely. They're or, just not right or, for the school. Or then you have money that gets involved. Somehow. Or you have money that gets but, involved, but sure. My, my take on this is, listen, there are a ton of incredible schools. Public, private, independent, charter, doesn't matter what they are. The fact that this has become so cutthroat, and, and, and really, I'm, I'm shocked that this hasn't even become into a reality series. I mean, we've been discussing television recently when we last hung out, and yeah. it's, it's fascinating to me that this whole process of applying to schools for your five-year-old, paying 50 grand a year, it, 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 it just creates more and more havoc for those Tony, families. Tony, I've got your series right here. It's a Bravo series in the making, okay? You've got all these Bravo series, million-dollar listing, Housewives. you know, Love in Rome or whatever, oh, yeah. like whatever. Sure. I've got it right here. It's it's Amanda Yuri. She's like the it. president of Manhattan Private School Advisors. She's got 1200 families that she consults for. What do you think she's charging these families? I don't know. This is a grip of money that this person and this company is making to advise families how to get their kid into schools. They're not even getting them into the schools. No. They're not. not getting the job done. What do you think Amanda Yuri's shooting percentage is? Well, she's going to get them into their fourth choice, which is okay. Which is okay, and somehow she's going to make them feel good about of that. Course. She's going to swing it where they feel like this was their choice and yeah. this was the right fit the whole time. But she's charging them at least $5,000 to then get them into still a $45,000 private school that they didn't want to get into in the oh, first place. Yuri, luck. We got your fourth choice. Here you go. You're, I mean, <laughs> Yuri Luck. You like that one, huh? That's it. Yeah, That's the title right but there. I mean, seriously, though, like, it, it's, it's, I mean, bravo to Yuri, really. I mean, this is, this is a great gig. I'm jealous. I know. I well, that's what I was going to say. We this is our next this, move. Yeah, we pretty much do this now as far as consultant thinking about, like, well, without telling parents, is this the right place or not? Like, listen, you have to evaluate what is most important to you. And if it's about becoming a part of a community that you believe is the elite and you just want to be that because of the actual allure of having that one spot that went to you, then sure. If it's really about having the best fit for your for your family, that's a whole different conversation. Wait, so you think you think these parents are basically like supreme shoppers, that the only reason they're out there standing in line waiting for that one spot for their kid is because they, they want to know that they got it and other people didn't? I mean, let's be real. <laughs> one spot... This is this bragging is rights more than more than their child's actual life. Who's gonna get the future? golden ticket? Are you kidding me? I mean, listen, I'm not saying that half the children that are applying or families that are applying aren't actual good uh, components to the community that they fit in academically, social, emotionally. Sure, I'm sure they do, but the ones that don't fit that are forcing an issue, you want to talk about round pegs, you know, and square holes and all this stuff. It, listen, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, and. It, it's going to inevitably become a disaster. And then you spent 50 grand a year for two or three years, and then they're saying, bye-bye, you're replaceable. Right. I mean, come on, really. But for the time being, yeah, you get the elite status. They go on to right here. Are you ready for this next spin? This is a spin. Dana Haddad, a former admissions director at Horace Mann School and Claremont Preparatory School, who now has her own consulting firm, that's right, the second of the article, New York Admissions, says she's seen parents set up accidental run-ins with potential letter writers. Quote, I've had people try to get on the same spin bike uh, uh, so that they can be next to someone who has influent, who is influential, Haddad said. Others go from the bike to the bench. At one point, before he passed away, former Supreme Court Chief Justice William Rehnquist made a recommendation for a four-year-old, said Haddad. In the letter, Rehnquist gushed that he could see the child becoming a Supreme Court justice. I mean, I love it. I think Haddad is probably the first person to actually visit any child that's officially born to be able to get them connections and tied in. She's going to look at that baby and go, who's your Haddaddy? Okay? Let's be real. Not okay. Who's Not your okay. Haddaddy? That's her, that's her show. I mean, listen, and, and good TLC. for her. Good, good for her, but... You know, these consultant firms, it's just another in to be able to say, I got you. I have the connections. It's about all about who you know, and I know a lot of people. Yeah. So I can help you out. Here's a one-time fee for me. I'll take 20% of whatever we get, and that's it. Well, but I mean, that's the other, that's the other thing that's beautiful about this is these are, these are private school families. They all know the same people. Of course Because they, do. they know the people the in the private school course. network. Right. Of course. They, you know, if, if you're already in, you already know the other parents who own television stations and, 
you know, of course. own gym studios and everything. But let me ask you a question. Real estate moguls. You, 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 you're an, you're a part of, you're an admin officer, right? Okay. You got that one spot. Yeah. You got all these applicants, you're sifting through whatever. Yeah. You're an elite school. Right. Do you ever find yourself wanting to possibly reach out to Haddad or Yuri to say, who are you working with? Do you have anyone that you think would be a good fit for us? Oh, God. I'm getting sick to my stomach even thinking exactly. about it. Exactly. No. Yeah, because we're too good for them in that sense. The whole idea is you come to us. When it doesn't work out, it's you that's not a good fit for us. It's not that we're not a good fit for you. Look, can we also talk about something about these admissions stuff? Please. At least, At least with the younger age group, you and I have both seen how some of these admissions things work. They're yeah. often called a play date or a play session. Yeah. You know, the kids come in even as old as kindergarten or first grade. Yeah. They're not necessarily coming into a classroom. They're coming into sort of a... A staged it's event. It's a modified event, yeah. Yeah, where yeah. teachers are there, administrators might be there, speech pathologists might be there, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And and the the idea is they're giving the teachers and the admin a, a chance to see the child, right? To do what I think in baseball is termed like the look test, sure. right? The sight test. Sure. Does he pass the sight test, sure. right? I can see a five-tool player. Yep. But if you just show me his report, I don't know what he's about. Of course. So there is this myth, right? I go both ways here because there is this myth that you can see a child's potential that early on or you can see sure. who they're going to be after half an hour of a totally fake stage session yep. or that you can get Judge Rinquist, Justice Rinquist, saying, ah, I love this kid, going to be a future mensch on the bench. Like, yeah. nope. Of course. Like, it's, I don't know, like, there is no, there is no good system here to me. So really then, what good do these letters do at these schools? Because it's about who you know who you could be tied to? Really? I, Let's think about that carefully. Guess, yeah. A letter is being written for a four-year-old child. Okay, the Pope, the Pope writes the kid a letter. A beautiful letter. What the hell? What does it what, mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, get, I guess I get confused. And listen, we're in the business, so it's harder for us to really sift through this from a non-biased what, point of view, but... What does it mean? What does it mean if the Pope wrote a letter or Judge Rehnquist wrote a letter that said, this kid is supremely teachable, so bright, blah, blah, blah. What does it mean to the school if it's just not a good fit, yeah. right? If they're if they're a Reggio kid and it's a Montessori school, right? If they're a traditional learner and it's the motherfucking blue school. Yeah. Like, If you accept that child, matter? you don't want to be setting them up for disaster. Right. But I guess my these letters, it, it's... Listen, I, four years of living doesn't do anything for me to be able to say I can write a, I write a letter for this child. The hell? It, 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 listen, for me, I've always said this. My, my one big saying, of course, and I give you sayings every time I'm on here. I love this one. An experience is more valuable than any dollar amount you can give me. Okay? okay. So you're telling me that this child, let's say at four, has had four years of living experience. Mm-hmm. And I get some glorified letter from some big shot saying how great this child is mm-hmm. am i really gonna read the letter it just matters that they wrote it okay it doesn't even matter okay. if you read it so if we're talking about it, it's about who you know in this business yeah and anything in the world yeah then they know the pope so then does this child who i'm comparing this other child to who i'm considering as a candidate who do they know that might be bigger than the pope that's what it's coming down to is that that's what, what it sounds like right. well that's what it sounds like from yuri and haddad yeah I mean, and I, I have to take their word for it. These are the professionals in the industry. I mean, you and I have been on the inside. We've seen how admissions work. Admissions are a goddamn mystery to Woo! me. There are times where I come out of an admissions session and I go, that ain't going to make it. Nope. I agree. Ain't going to last. I agree. Won't be here in six months. I agree. Just not a good fit. Let's find them the right fit. And instead, I see them in September. Yeah. Of course. And they're in my class. And I go, how did this happen? They were waitlisted. Well, yeah, they were waitlisted, and then the five other perfect can't. Why'd they even make it on the waitlist? Well, that's, that's the point. Here, listen, in the end... They know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. That's that's what I was going to get to. In the end, there's always going it, to... It's, it's like a six degrees situation here, right? They know someone who knows someone. They also are tied together. Then they actually find out that the two families actually know each other, but they're all fighting for the same spot. They happen to know the same person who knows it. Like, come on. This politics bullshit... You have the legacy bullshit. There's so much involved in this. You got a fifty grand a year school. 
I mean, I work in schools. Right. Three schools I've worked at. Right. 45 plus a year. I got to be real with you. I think this is crazy. Yeah. I think it's crazy. Good for these uh, consultants. I think, you know, throwing the term consultant or advisor. Hey, you can support families like that. More power to you. Yeah. Hello, my dullards and dullettes. Apologies for breaking into the amazing discussion that BX Tony and I are having, but I must bring you the first ever Dull Crans Live read. Have you ever noticed how smart food popcorn dust gets all over your hands and even under your fingernails no matter how well manicured they are? Well, now you can snack without fear of being coated in white dust. Simply vote Fig and Honey Trisket at dullcrans at gmail.com. That's Fig and Honey Trisket at dullcrans at gmail.com. Snack you later. Welcome back. You are in the crayon box with the Dull Boys. It's the Dull Crayons Snack Report. Yeah, perfect timing. Okay. With Gabriel Zuger and Tony from the Bronx. Today, we have a limited batch. And as I think I've mentioned before, I am a sucker for limited edition. Oh, you are. Anything. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. As soon as I see that on something, I mean... Mind you, I do want to know how many makes a limited how, yeah. edition. <laughs> like, because I know with with Nike, there's always this issue of like uh, they always say limited edition, but mm-hmm. sneakerheads are always like, actually, they have like all this dead yeah. stock, and they're they, re-releasing, and shit. then they re-release, yeah. <laughs> and so it's not limited anymore, right? Um, but you know, when it comes to limited edition snacks, you know, I go buck wild. Uh, so today's limited batch is Cape Cod kettle cooked potato chips. This is their Honey and Dijon mustard variety. Pass the gray poupon, sir. Yeah, boy. We're getting in now. So, I'm excited. Well, you, you've you've had some doozies on here. That that fruit by the foot yes, carnival yeah, shit carnival. you gave me last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still feel like I'm a little like high from the sugar, man. You that, might be a little woozy. Woo. Yeah, I so would I, definitely I'm ex- get I'm a excited about the savory, check. you know, crunchiness that I'm expecting from this. Yeah. And I've had Cape Cod chips before. I've had the salt and vinegar ones. I've had the plain ones. Oh, They're good. Salt and vinegar yeah. Cape Cod. Yeah. I mean, to me, there's something about salt and vin- Cape Cod salt and vinegar that you you feel like it is sea salt, right? Sure. You feel like you're eating that, and you are yes. immediately on a beach in Cape Cod. The fucking you know the flume and the jetsam are you're coming at you. At the yeah, the waves you're are breaking. The white caps. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Not to get off on a tangent, but I want to ask you: Are you a mustard guy? I like mustard on sandwiches. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I will, I'll, I'll bread a filet of salmon sure, with sure. some mustard and then, you know, some panko on it. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like, I like big spice. I like bold flavor. Okay. I'm all about those things. Well, so I, I mean, on a hot dog, when I used to eat hot dogs, mm-hmm. definitely mustard, ketchup. You did both. And, okay. and some, uh, pork, uh, you're talking about like what is it? The sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Yeah. You gotta go kraut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm all okay. about the kraut. Cool. You? Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm a mustard guy. I I used to not put mustard on like sandwiches or anything, but I used to use it a lot as like a dip. So like whether it's like chicken Ooh, tenders, like, like honey mustard and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Now I don't dip. mind doing like mustard. I think as I've gotten a little bit older and more sophisticated and mature, I appreciate the different right. types of mustard right. there are. I would probably say I really enjoy honey mustard as a dip. And mm-hmm. the whole Dijon as more of a spread, mm-hmm. um, but I'm excited at the uh, the prospect of having a honey and Dijon combo on this. Chip. Here was here was a good treat I was given as a kid. Not so much a treat, but a, a snack, like mm-hmm. a light snack in the afternoons by my mother. We would make these little rolls. Okay, it was a baby carrot rolled up in a slice of turkey, a thin slice okay. of honey roasted turkey, mm. right. And then you would dip it in honey mustard. And it was the perfect texture, the perfect amount of flavor. You got some vitamin A out of the deal with the fucking baby carrots. And it filled you up. Nice crunch to it. That was a great great treat for me. When was the last time you had that? I mean, I haven't eaten meat. I know you haven't eaten meat in... 16 years. Wow. But to watch you talk about that, though, you can tell like how... like good that was for I remember me yeah. I I really do yeah. I you know people say like oh yeah you you forget you get used to it yeah I mean like I don't have cravings anymore sure. I used to have dreams about certain meat items but like 
I really don't crave ever anything like that. But I can still remember. You could ask me right now. Say, Tony, say, Gabe, what was the best meat you ever had? Or what was your favorite kind of meat? Favorite kind of meat, dude. It's fucking it? goat. I fucking loved goat. Just some curry, curry goat. goat. Yep. Jesus Christ. Mm. I mean, yeah. I don't know who else out there yeah. wants to say that. But yeah. like, no. I... that to me was an experience. Yeah. Steak was nothing. Not, yeah. It was just burger, whatever. Sure. Cheeseburger. These mean nothing to me. Curried goat. Damn. I'd I'd give it all away for that right now. Hey. I mean, I would. Wow. Not going to, but no. Anyway, we're about to get into these honey mustard. Honey. Sorry, I, and I want to be clear on this. Yeah. It's not honey mustard. No. It's not Dijon mustard. It's, it's honey, honey and Dijon yeah. mustard. Yeah. So this is a combo. Okay. Crunch Listen in. to that crunch. Yeah. Okay. Right off the bat, Cape Cod, classic. Yeah. Done it again. It's our kettle cooked. They're never going to lose that. They they know the absolute perfect recipe for their chips. First flavor you get, what is it? I get a little sweet, but it's... Like honey sweet. A little honey, honey sweet yeah. at the first, yeah. at, the, at the onset, and then it's all Dijon. Power with the mustard Dijon. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I couldn't eat a bag, right? It's a little no. too flavorful for that a little too i agree a little too much going on there but it's definitely good you know what i would enjoy this with i tony from the bronx i love to make sandwiches and i'm not okay. just talking like basic sandwiches like i i put a lot of shit on there yeah you know from slicing up you know the tomatoes lettuce, making fucking onions. homemade dagwoods got, over yeah, here <laughs> exactly you have to listen you have to but a hoagie a bill cosby hoagie hey man we call them, <laughs> we call them heroes <laughs> And maybe Bill Cosby's no longer a hero to many, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. We don't call them heroes. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I would throw these chips on a sandwich. Yeah, I would throw them on a sandwich because I agree with you. I wouldn't. I I would buy the bag. I would buy. I would buy these chips. I actually I'm cool with the chips. But I you're right. It's a few, five to six, maybe seven poppers. Seal the bag back up, and I'm good. But if I threw it on a sandwich with a few side of maybe these chips with along with other flavors, whether it's and barbecue or something, and what kind of pickle? Well, I, you gotta have a spear. You gotta a have a spear? long spear. What are we talking? Kosher dill, sweet and sour, bread and butter. I would say, I would say dill, maybe something even a little spicier. Okay, I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I yeah, that's where I'm going with this. Yeah, one. I, I like. I it. approve this one. And I'm glad you said that because I feel like often when I think of chips on a sandwich or a burger, I feel like ruffles has sure. sort of a a, a a market on that, yeah. right? They've cornered the market. Yeah. And that people assume it's got to be like a Lay's ruffle uh, on a burger or something. It's like, no, you can you can do other things. I've creative. seen, I've even seen like Lenwich get created. Yeah. You know, if you're in Manhattan, you sure. know, go to Lenny's. They've got yeah. some cool sandwiches with chips on them. Like Shout out to Lenny's. Yeah. yeah shout out to Lenny's. Yeah. But yeah, up. well done. Uh, yeah, yeah, I approve. Cape Cod, getting it done. That's a yes. All well right. Done. You got, you got, you passed on the snack report. So we wanted to bring you behind the scenes of parent-teacher conferences. So once again, if you're a parent out there, you really want to be taking notes on this. And if you're a teacher out there, then you you really may want to put your fingers in your ears because you're about to hear every phrase you've ever said oh, yeah. in a parent-teacher conference along with what the meaning is behind it, okay? We want to, we want to illuminate, we want to open people's eyes to some of the jargon and some of the popular phrasing that gets bandied about in parent-teacher conferences and what's what's really being said. That's right. We're report translators and conference translators. It's going to be part of our new gig. Yeah. Whether we become consultants or not. Well, we're going <laughs> to we're definitely doing some admissions consulting. Oh, yeah. Uh we're definitely I'm I'm in the market for reading some reports and and telling people what what's behind them like I love it. Yeah. We're we're all about that parent game. So, uh, we'd like to do this in sort of a volley fashion where I will serve to Anthony and he will give me his take, his translation, and then he will serve to me and I will give you my spin on what exactly is being said. I'm excited. Uh, we've flipped a coin behind, uh, behind closed doors here and, uh, I got the serve first. He's lying. It landed on its side. So... Tony, to you, 
They've really internalized the structure and routines of the classroom. What am I saying? They've really internalized the routines and structure of the classroom. Well, hmm, routines. You do the same shit every single day. So routines in the morning, well, you're putting your freaking coat away or whatever you have in your cubby. You're going to go wash your hands because, you know, sickness, type A, type B, influenza happening now. And then you look at the schedule and you go, huh, it's a Tuesday. You must be going here. It's a Thursday. You must be going there. Yet, you've beautifully written out that they're incredible at knowing what is going to happen before we even tell them what's going to happen or what to do. Well done. Well done. Wow. So that's also another point where it's like this may be their only highlight of the report, though, too. So you have to understand that we have to hit you with a banger. It's here. often an open. It's so definitely we, often we an open. We start with this because yes. it's a positive. Now, it could be possible that the rest is all downhill from there. But, but at it least is, you have this. To your point, it is basically like complimenting somebody for making it to work on time every morning. Uh, for like knowing how to put their pants on the right way yeah. and get in the subway and not get lost along the way. Yeah, basically what this means is that, you know, your child, when they get to the right floor, they actually turn in the right direction to the they right know classroom, where their classroom as is. opposed to I going agree. to the other one or going to where they were in class last year. So they know job. where their classroom is and they and they and they know not to shit all over the floor. Yeah, that's about lot, it. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of shitting on the floor. So good job to you. All right, you're served. Oh, I don't know if you're ready for this one. I, I I'll be nice. I'll, I'll start <laughs> off I'll start off easy. Please warm warm it up. Meatball. We'll go with so and so is a thriving beginning reader. Uh, that means they don't know which way is up in a book, mm -hmm. and they have a tenuous grasp of the alphabet. Their pre-reading oh. skills are barely there, mm -hmm. barely recognizable. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, there were there were just so many conditional statements in that. Right? They're they're thr they're a thriving pre-reader. Wait, they're developing as a thriving they're, reader? They're an they emerging. Thriving they're thriving beginning reader. So I guess my question to you is, what is the <sighs> difference between a thriving beginning reader and just a beginning reader? Yeah. They're emerging into, like you said, they're, they are really understanding now how to possibly hold the book, but they have no clue how to turn the pages yet. They don't understand the track and how to look at the words yet. No. But you know what? That's a real placeholder, dog. They are thriving. <laughs> and you know what? Developmentally, we can say that that's okay. Yeah. It might be okay. Right. What do you it, got for me? Okay. Um, they are developing their ability to read social cues. Yeah. Uh, they're becoming less and less awkward is what that means. Look around and see what the fuck you're supposed to do and respond. Think about this developing you say beginning to develop they are developing, they are developing. their ability so, yeah. to read yeah. social so cues. i mean let's let's be real here all right you have a kid who clearly doesn't know what he or she is to do after they had something done or was witnessing something done right so they see that their action fucked up someone else yet they had no clue how to respond to that action or someone who did something to them they're developing so they are beginning to see that their actions are fucking shit up they're developing it. They're not quite there yet, though. So we're not exactly happy. They keep fucking shit up. Yeah, we're not exactly happy with They're where so your child is there. at. Okay? However, we're proud of them because they're developing social cues. I'm proud, I'm proud of them. You know what? We use that line a lot. We use that line a lot. Yeah. Because that one happens the a social lot. emotional of a five, six-year-old, yeah, I mean, social cues can be difficult. So, it's almost like they're beginning to develop for a very long time. So, do me a favor at home. Get them on some fucking play dates. Let, let them be around kids. Get the technology out of their hands because they're not going to learn social cues from fucking watching Wild Kratts. Peppa Pig, maybe. But, I mean, fuck. Are you kidding me? So, mm -hmm. yeah. I got another one for you. Okay. Full of energy and imagination. 
Get them on ADHD medication right away. So-and-so enters each morning ready to learn and play. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, first of all, we're going to go with Jimmy for the rest of the episode. Let's do Jimmy. It's Jimmy. Jimmy. This is, these are Jimmy's reports, okay? And these are, these are from actual reports and conferences yes. Yes. that Tony and I have led. Yes. So, Jimmy is full of energy and imagination and ready to... Enters each morning, ready to learn and morning, play. Ready to learn and play. So, yeah, again, I'm going to say get Jimmy on ADHD medication right away because <laughs> full of energy is a euphemism for we can't control this motherfucker whatsoever. Um, and imagination, full of imagination, means they're in their own world and they don't listen to anything we say. And ready to enter, to learn and play, again, means they're on autopilot, they are dictating their own shit, and yeah, really, they need help. We're, we're, we're struggling with this as it is right now. Side note, if I wrote positive energy, that would be okay. But <laughs> says, I didn't write positive energy. Says you, but I'm doubting <laughs> it. I'm doubting it. Okay, ready for this one, Please. Tony? Uh, Jimmy has made some strong bonds in the class. Jimmy has made some strong bonds in the class. Jimmy is becoming an incredible scientist. <laughs> some strong bonds? Are you kidding me? I By which I mean friendship. Okay, I know that, what you I, mean. I probably would have been edited on that one. I know what you mean. Okay. Uh, <laughs> really? So Jimmy's beginning to kind of make friends, but really not quite there yet. Yeah. Simply put, like Nailed it. Jimmy has made some friends. Jimmy's got one friend. Yeah. Yep. I got one for you. Okay. Jimmy is a desirable person to sit next to in this circle. Uh, Jimmy's the motherfucking class clown. Jimmy is the class clown. He makes everybody laugh, and they all want to sit next to him because don't none of them want to listen to what I'm saying. Uh, Jimmy can do X, but. He needs to slow down at it. Jimmy has an incredible, incredible knowledge for drugs. <laughs> um, Jimmy, Jimmy's calm the fuck down. It goes back to the ADHD thing. I mean, like, really? Like, Jimmy, what in the world, man? Slow down. We're, we're really proud of the fact that you know what to do. But stop and take a breath. I would also say often this is also another way of saying... They actually can't do it at all. Or, they, or you're right. Listen, that could go both ways. Yes. Also, it could be, I don't give a fuck, so I'm going to get this shit done. Right. That's usually what it is, too. But. I'm going to get it done while my attention is here before it quickly evaporates. But you got to remember, we also mentioned that Jimmy knows exactly what's planned in store for the day. So if he knows after this, I get to play. Fuck you. I'm getting my shit done real quick so I can go on for the next thing. That's actually what I have next is Please. Jimmy always knows what's next on the schedule. What do you know? See? You must have written these. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jimmy is fucking nosy as shit, and Jimmy needs to mind his goddamn business. And he's got a pretty generalized high anxiety disorder, of too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because he's got to know what's there, otherwise he's having a fucking panic attack. I got one for you. Okay. Jimmy often has a hard time listening to other friends' ideas. Jimmy, Jimmy can't negotiate or compromise, and as soon as somebody else says even something approaching no to him, he throws a complete fucking tantrum and begins crying and screaming for a teacher. Well done. Okay. Um, they, Jimmy is often observed, <laughs> dot, 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 fill in the blank. Uh, we 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 see Jimmy doing this all the time. It's every minute of every day. If you finished it with Jimmy is often observed picking his nose, it means his hand never leaves his nose. Yeah, like if his hand's out of his if nose, it was, we take him to the nurse because he's not feeling well. If it was Jimmy, if it was Jimmy is often observed playing in the block area, it means even when blocks is closed and nobody's in the classroom, oh, yeah. he's found his way back there. Oh hell yeah. This, you know, the more I think about this, this Jimmy is beginning to sound more and more what I imagine Jimmy Kimmel was like as a kid. <laughs> Definitely looks and sounds think, like he had ADHD. I think, I think Jimmy Kimmel would actually appreciate that yeah. analysis. You have any more for me? I sure do. Good. Um, Jimmy sometimes shows empathy to classmates. Jimmy sometimes, and that's really rarely, can be a decent kid. 
with a good heart. Otherwise, Jimmy just beats his own fucking drum, doesn't give a shit. He does what he wants to do, and that's about it. I think you, I think you spoke earlier about giving, you know, some phrases every now and again. Yep. You know, like to lay down the wisdom. You know, even a broken clock is right <laughs> two times a day. Yeah. This sometimes shows empathy is another way of saying Jimmy is a psychopath. Yeah, We're, we, we need Jimmy to... has no empathy. No. He managed to show it to like pretend to demonstrate it once every month. And we'll give you a pass in like the first three months of school with him not being able to read social cues. But really, <laughs> that's about it. Because once the spring conference and report comes out, like I can only say that, like, listen, your dude doesn't know how to fucking do shit. I yeah. got one for you. Okay, here we go. Jimmy is making admirable progress and finding joy in working. Jimmy hates school. Yep. Jimmy hates school. We're so glad that he's not like punching us in the leg every second of the day anymore and begging for adult <laughs> attention because he's finally starting to show the a modicum of ability to operate on his own. Damn it, Jimmy. Hates being here. All right, how about this, Tony? If a teacher opens a conference with, we love having Jimmy in the class, what does that mean to you? They don't really love having Jimmy in the class. <laughs> Yeah, and then what it has done is if they were ever to have a child or another child or a family member, they'll never even ever think about naming their child Jimmy or James, Jim, Jimbo. You've taken, you've taken Jim off their list. Completely. Yep. It's a bold-faced lie. Bold-faced lie. Yep. Yep. Start looking for another school uh, for the fall because yeah. it's not working. Yeah. It's and, not working in this classroom. if you have classroom. a daughter named Jamie that's a little <laughs> too close to the Jimbo, I don't know if it's going to work either. Uh, how about um, they like to observe. Jimmy likes to observe before jumping in. Yeah, Jimmy's fucking anxious as all shit. Doesn't know how to initiate play or join play. And is scared Nailed shit. It. And also could be... A nosy aspect as well. Like, I want to fucking know what the hell is going on in this place right now. Nailed it. Yeah. Jimmy enjoys conversing with peers and adults. Jimmy's a loudmouth son of a bitch who doesn't fucking shut his trap. I mean, come on. Never shuts the fuck up. Raise your hand. Stop calling out. Do me a favor. You know what? Let's give someone else a try. Jimmy. No, you got to. No, Jim. Jimmy. Take a chill pill, Jim. Jimmy, there are more people than just me and you in the circle right now. Uh, do not start talking to Janie across my circle, okay? This is a full class lesson, Jimmy. I would, I would, I would piggyback. Yes, I'm piggybacking. I would piggyback that one with Jimmy still working on being a first-time listener. Oh, Jim, that's a catch-all. Jimmy still working on being a first-time listener is a catch-all for your child is the problem child in the class. I cannot repeat myself enough for your child. No. They never listen to a single word I'm saying. Ask them who their teacher is. They might not even know no. my name. I would literally go around saying to other kids, don't be a Jimmy. It's that simple. Um, how about uh, Jimmy's skills at blank are age appropriate? Jimmy's fine. I mean, we're really, he doesn't excite us about what he can do, but we're not really all that concerned. I mean, here, you know, I'd be careful, but, you know, we may need to help you consider other options because age appropriate is not really what we're striving for. We're striving for well above, but, you know, yeah, he's just, he's just a bland cracker to me. Sorry. I've also seen this used before in times where what they really mean is I forgot to assess Jimmy well, on this skill and I'm just going to safe. say safe. it's age appropriate because it's a safe yeah. measure. Right. Uh, the last one I have for you here is, um, and this is a question for the parents. Sure. It's, what is Jimmy watching at home? Yeah. Jimmy's fucking shit up in the classroom. And we want to know, what the fuck are you doing as parents? Because you guys right now, whoever's at home with this kid, whether you're home or not, he ain't doing a good job. Step up your shit, okay? Step it up, because right now, Jimmy's fucking up big time. And we're not we're not okay with it. So I've I, I you nailed that one as always. I, I've always felt like parent teacher conferences, especially the first parent teacher conference, you know, is when teachers 
have their their detective caps on, mm-hmm. right? It's it's all about fact finding. Oh yeah. It's it's dressed up as, and sometimes this is true of back to school night or other times when parents get to engage with teachers. But really, it's about conference time too, especially that first yes. conference where it's how can I find out as much about this household and as much about this person's parenting style and what's going on there without coming out and saying it directly. And it's, yeah. it's often done in this way of like, well, here's what we see in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's doing a lot of uh, superhero scripting. So what are they watching at home? Yeah. Oh, well, it turns out they just went to see Black Panther in IMAX 3D. Of course. And now they just want to scratch everything to death. Well, I've had a kid tell me that he's seen all the Adam Sandler movies. Another one says he can't wait to watch Scarface. Right. And I go, well, who's Scarface? Well, I don't know, but Daddy has a poster of him in his Bingo. bedroom. In the man cave. In the man cave. Sorry. <laughs> but so, yeah, like, there, there, there can be a certain amount of fact-finding. And look, I know, I know parents come into these things nervous. I know teachers sure. go into sure. these things nervous. Absolutely. But really, like, I think at the end of the day, if anybody has the most to hide... But also the most to gain from it, it is the parents, right? Like they. It's definitely not Jimmy. It's definitely not Jimmy. It's definitely not the teachers, because no. everything the teachers do is already on display all damn day long to oh, Jimmy. For sure. So that you know, the parents should know everything that's going on in the classroom, and if they don't, then you know they need to work on Jimmy's uh, expressive skills, <laughs> expressive verbal skills. But really, it's it's the parents because teachers want to know. Oh, they yeah. want to find out exactly what's going on yeah, at home. You unlock and that code. That's great. It's to their benefit when, yeah. when teachers do find out. But sometimes, you know, obviously there are things you, you do want to hide. Of course. I mean, listen, our, our goal as educators is to, you know, keep that gap between home and school home and school as minimal as possible, as little as possible. And so the more information we have, the better off we will be in yeah. so many ways, whether it's for selfish reasons that we want to know this information or not. But you're right. And I think that... You know, you can do your Googling and all that other stuff as far as background checks. And you can I also, hate that shit. I know, of course. But, then but a lot also, of teachers are doing it. A lot it. of teachers do it. Or you can tap into, like, the care uh, the caregivers and the babysitters and ask them stuff. But in the end, I've always gone about it the real approach. And I, sometimes if I really need to know something, I just give it to them real. Yeah. Honestly, I just give it to them real. And I say, listen, I'm with your child more than anyone else in the world is with your child. Okay, and I need to know certain things, and whether you feel comfortable telling me or not, that's okay, but I, I'll tell you reasons why I want to know these things. And I go into it, and most of the time it works out. Other times you can see it's, there's questions sometimes, but it's about building that trust. Yeah. And I think that's most important, because if I'm going to say something that I know that they're going to follow through, or they'll back me up on it, if they question it, then obviously Jimmy's not going to make the progress that Jimmy needs to make in a $50,000 a year school in which there's minimal spots to begin with. Right. I mean, it's tough. It's tough for parents because, and I, I understand it because they they don't want to be judged. Yeah. And of course not. And unfortunately, that's the world. Like you are going to be judged. You're going to be judged whether you're doing the right thing or you're doing the wrong thing. Like that's the name of the game, folks. If you're breathing, if you're critically thinking, you're judging for of better course. or for worse. And and that's what's happening at the end of the day. So I, uh, for me, I think the best way to do it is to just you know be open, be out there, be be whoever Absolutely. you are, and you know, hope that your teachers appreciate that. I yeah. certainly hope they appreciate that. But I've got I've got a story. I'm wondering what you think either took place in this one or how you would handle this sure. one. So we have a family friend who back in the nineties, as a parent, they made a mistake. Okay, they made a pretty serious mistake. This is the mid nineties. They took their child to see pulp fiction. Ooh. They did not know what Pulp Fiction was. This was the dawn of the internet, okay? People did not have the ability to watch trailers over and over again or search. Homework homework was different back then, and I understand that. So this was a mistake. This is a full pass, but they take their child, who, let's say, is between the ages of six and nine. Woo! To see Pulp Fiction. Of course, now, not a kid to grow up real quick. I have to imagine they pulled them out right quick. Things started going down fast oh, in that yeah. movie, and they pulled them out right quick. But my question to you is, did this parent say something to the teachers? No. Why not? 
because they did the right thing. Once they realized it was a mistake, they pulled them out. Why would they need to share that? That's their own personal time. There's nothing to share about that. Because isn't the kid going to go in on Monday and say, Mommy took me to see Pulp Fiction, but I only got to stay for part of it. Yeah. So then once that happens, then they let them address me about that. But there's no reason why I'm going to put my tail between my legs and address the teachers and say, by the way, I made a big boo-boo and I brought my child to Pulp Fiction. I mean, mind you, this, again, this was in the 90s, so parents weren't emailing teachers no. every little no. thing about their lives, which is what they do now. Sure. But I'm, I'm wondering if that would be the same approach now. Because I have to think that, you know, there are parents that I've had in the past who would have emailed me that very day. Of course. They might have emailed me from the movie theater but saying... not that, not those days. Not in those days. Nope. Right. And, I, that's, and that's exactly right. But hopefully that kid went to McDonald's and was like, can I have a Royale with cheese? Right. And, and I think I think that's exactly the point, too, is that you could distract the kid yeah. in some other way to make it, like, not the highlight of the weekend of course. also. Of course. But, like, I You could also be have, real and just say, hey, listen, this is not appropriate, and you know what? You'll be able to watch this movie at some point, but right now is not your time. I think we have such a state of oversharing now that there's no way that kid wouldn't come in today. And oh, that would, would be the something. first thing they would say. Yeah, I think, I think that... I, I, had a kid, yeah. I had a kid come in... Uh, I had a kid come in last year... And said, you know, I went, what was it? I went, I went the wrong way on the ski slope, or, or, or daddy, daddy went the wrong way on the escalator and got in trouble or something. Sure. And it was, I'm gonna rat my fucking dad out oh, to we hear the teachers. Teachers know everything. That's I my whole thing. I hear when the parents are arguing. I hear when there's a new babysitter. I hear when there's, and we're like, well, why aren't we being informed? I, I hear when the that's parents what I'm are, saying. Isn't the spin, Isn't it better to get the spin out of the way to 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 address it first? You would think so. Listen. You've had this happen, I'm sure. Parents who work their butts off, they travel a lot. You ever had the instance when they did not inform you that they're away? All the time. And the child told you? Are you kidding? All the time. Exactly. But isn't that a serious situation where they should probably tell you, oh, by the way, in case so-and-so is, in case Jimmy's acting a little differently, it's probably because I'm away and there's, you know, a little bit of a different schedule because Jimmy doesn't have the schedule down now that I'm away. Tony, I had a bus drop off once from camp, from summer camp, sure. okay? I'm dropping kids off, and I get to a building, and nobody's there for pickup. And I start making phone calls. I start calling back to the camp. The camp is calling to the parents. And the kid turns to me and goes, well, Dad's in China. Hmm. And I go, well, okay, Dad's in China. You I mean, a kid for the who, where is anybody else? I was there for 20 minutes while camp was on the phone with people. I don't even know if they were being rerouted to China, if they were getting in touch with babysitters. I don't know what the fuck was happening. That's not okay. Not but okay. we were there for 20 minutes with other kids still sitting on the bus. I, I guess I want to follow up. How old is the child, roughly? That kid was 11. And what was, what was his emotional state like? He was fine. Okay. I mean, it's me and him standing there on the sidewalk next to this, you know, bus that's overheating in, you know, sure. August heat in yeah. a New York summer. Incredibly awkward, though. 11 years old. Has no one to pick him up right now. Daddy's yeah. away. I mean, what message is being sent, really? Yeah. You guys had no clue that daddy was away. He has no clue who's going to pick him up and take care of him right now. Yeah. I mean, in the end, it's always about communication, right? Right. So let's just get it all on the table. Communicate. Simply put, if there's something that you think we should know, you should communicate with us. And that's our job to also say the same thing. I don't call home at every... Actually, I don't know the last time I called home during a class, during a school day. I'm not going to call home over a little incident. If two kids are bickering or two kids are shoving each other, I'm not going to call home about a shoving match because these are kids that need to understand how to resolve conflicts independently and mm-hmm. be able to respond and react to them. Now, if it's something more severe, of course I would. But my point is that I might say something in passing. If they drop off or pick up, I'll say something. I would definitely say it in person. Yeah. I won't send an email because then it's that could be interpreted completely differently. But my point is you have to communicate. No matter what, let us know. If you're gonna if you're gonna watch Pulp Fiction with your kid on Saturday night, let us know that you're doing that. So then we can, you know, alter our lesson plans for that because that's important. We love the movie Pulp Fiction. So you say it's about communication and letting letting teachers know what they need to know. At, you know, in, in my experience at the beginning of the school year, wherever you're working, teachers or parents, sorry, often get like a questionnaire. Yes. Right. What do you think are important questionnaires, uh, questions on questionnaires for parents to be filling out? Sure. Like what what are the big questions? Definitely for me, the, the closing question, as you just stated, is an open ended question. Please tell us what you think we need to know. Yeah. 
I think that's a big Give one. us the essay. Yeah, I don't care. Give fine. us the five paragraph that. essay, whatever. I enjoy but that. But what do you think we should know? Yeah. But what else is there? I mean, I think I actually do enjoy when they describe their child. Oh, the words I to love, describe your I child? Love that yeah. One. Because then, like, what I do is I read it, of course. Yeah. But then I revisit it. Maybe sometime, like, three <laughs> or four months later, I revisit. And I go, hmm. Either they're changing. Right. Or because they're in a completely different dynamic a school setting with other kids, I'm seeing other adjectives that I would use to describe this child. But I think more than anything, though, I think that I want to know what's important to the parent. So if they are the type of parent that wants to know about, you know, little incidents like that, I respect that. I do respect that. I really do. Right. So if you would prefer me, you know, dropping you a line, giving you a right. call, then I would. Let me know that. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to spend my day every day if there's something to do that because I don't think that that's acceptable. Right. And I think that your child at the age that I teach, that shouldn't be happening. However, I think that it's important that we are all on the same page, no matter what. So I think it's important that you tell me what you expect from me, from this year, from your child, but also what happens in your life at home. What is home life like? What are some, what are some traditions you have? What are some mm-hmm. hobbies? What do you like to do? Do you travel a lot? What do you do for work? You know, things like that because that will affect an emotional state incredibly well. And I think also the fact that you have like sleeping patterns. What is sleeping like? Do they sleep in their own room? Do they wake up off in the middle of the night? Do they come in your bed? There's a lot of stuff. What are what are soothing activities yeah. to your, your child? You know, what, often what, I'll read a hug what comforts and a them. joke really mm-hmm. helps them. That's helpful. Right. That's helpful. Right. I do like to kind of build my own relationship and what trust. What kind of a eater are they? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. These do are they eat important. throughout the day? Are they picky? Are they this? Because if you start seeing energy wane and you want to offer a snack, yeah. like maybe that's not the right move. Absolutely. Right. But I think that, you know, my, I look at your child through a different lens mm-hmm. that you're looking at, obviously. And I, I'm, when I say I have kids, I do have kids. I have 13 kids right now. Right. That's the way I look at them, no matter what. And it's my job to make sure they leave at the last day of school a much more well-rounded person than when they came in. I want them to be the best possible, overall best character person they can be. And with the help of communication from you from day one, parents, I think it's important that we work on it together because while I'm teaching, I'm not teaching to them. I'm learning with them. And I think it's so important that everyone understands that piece, that while I'm the teacher, it's about, about doing this all together, no matter what. Parents, you're learning just as much as we are. It's a whole year of growth for everyone involved. And that's the great thing about our profession is that I feel 11 years in, I've only gotten stronger and stronger. And if I'm in this business for a lot longer, by the time I'm done, I'm really confident that I'm be a much more well-rounded person when I first started. You've been listening to the Dole Crayons, and uh, those are some powerful words we're going to end on uh, from Tony from the Bronx's experience on making well-rounded human beings out of his students, out of his kids. And... Uh, Please join us again next time. Afraid I have to interrupt you there, Gabriel, because it's time for the Smart Food Weather Report. Yes, it's raining well-dusted, perfectly popped aged cheddar kernels out there. Oh, and this is no average aged cheddar. That's right. It's the good stuff. It's the right stuff. It's the white stuff. So remember to vote for white power. Ah, white cheddar popcorn at dullcrans at gmail.com. That's right. White Cheddar Popcorn at dullcrans at gmail.com.